chance, you encountered uh, six different problems. So take a piece of paper, find your sermon guide, take a couple of notes because probably this week you will encounter the same six problems either directly or indirectly. Problem number one, this past week chances are you experienced frustration at work. My guess is there's one way or another, whether you're telecommuting from home or you're at some work site, there's frustration going on. Uh, Dad this last week called and expressed to me he was frustrated, concerned, because his boss had just told him that he would be losing his job due to COVID-19. Problem number two, my guess is somebody expressed hurtful words in your vicinity at you or maybe even you did it. Yesterday, an older woman uh, became angry, mean, hurtful, and everyone around her got literally uh, blasted by her hate speech, and she picked up the phone and asked for help. Problem number three, alcohol, drug abuse. It is definitely on the rise. A family in our church called, worried about their college student spiraling out of control, the college student had become hateful due to substance abuse and deeper problems. Number four, this past week, my guess is you or you know someone that experienced irrational fear. Uh, last Monday, the call came asking how to help a teenager with their irrational fear. And it just in this particular case, it included self-destructing ideas. Problem number five, trauma from childhood. Tuesday, I received an SOS email from a young millennial missionary. Halfway around the world, another country, the missionary said this, and I quote, my dad never taught me how to deal with my anger. I now have ungodly outbursts of anger. Can you help? I need your evaluation on my childhood trauma Growing up with two older brothers who were heavily involved in partying, drug addiction, alcohol abuse, sleeping around, and my dad never allowed us kids to feel either sad or angry. I believe I'm suppressing my frustrations, and after a lifetime of suppressing them, I'm turning them into outbursts of ungodly, unholy anger. So I'm grieved now over my sin. Because when I get hurt, when I get angry, I turn and hurt my family members. At times, I grab my children in anger, gritting my teeth, yelling in, air, in a very evil tone. And chances are you saw this past week problem number six, a shortage of food. It was interesting, a week ago Saturday, about uh, seven, eight days ago, a stranger knocked on the church doors right at the front office area near the elevator. I happened to come out of my office door, saw the stranger at the door, and this stranger turned toward me because the doors were locked, walking toward me, head bowed, humble. He looked Asian. He approached me, and without me even asking, he just graciously asked for food. Our church was able to help him. He walked away with a big smile. Good chance this last week you saw at least six challenges. You probably personally or indirectly saw frustration and anxiety, 
abusive words, substance abuse, irrational fear, trauma, probably from childhood, and a food shortage. So here's what we're doing today in our John chapter 6. Why did Jesus teach you and me to pray this way? The question is, are you? Why did Jesus say, come on, Roger, pray this way? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. You remember the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6? Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And then Jesus said these words, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So the question this morning is, why did Jesus say, come on, Roger, ask God every day for today's bread? Why? Why would Jesus say every day ask for bread from God? It's a big question, isn't it? May I suggest to you, write this down, number two on your sermon guide, people all the time are seeking cortazzo satisfaction to solve their needs. Cortazzo. It's an interesting Greek word in John chapter 6, verse 26. Jesus answered the crowd that was following him. They saw the 5,000, the feeding of the 5,000 yesterday. Jesus answered the crowd and said, truly, truly, or fact, fact, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw signs, Simeon in Greek, miracles, but because you ate of the loaves, and there it is. You were cartizo, filled. Interesting. You see, their problem was they were hungry, just as you have problems. And you're looking for a way to be filled up. Cartizo literally means to gorge yourself. It is to be satisfied. It is to have abundance. It is to be filled up. And Jesus, interesting enough, he gives the food miracle to meet their hunger needs. So friends, the takeaway here is Jesus did meet their physical needs. He provided meat and bread, and they are fully satisfied. So basic needs to Jesus is very important. But you've got to back up and understand that there are other needs that you have that are basic to you, like safety and shelter and respect and acceptance and hope. Jesus is saying in this little verse, to meet your basic needs, you need more than physical feeling, cartizo. You need to be filled up more than just what the physical stuff that you're trying to get filled up on. Look at verse 27. Do not work, Jesus says to the crowd. Do not focus on this. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man shall give to you. For on him the Father, even God, has set his seal. This little verse is simply saying, friends, you can get filled with physical stuff. Alcohol, drugs, you name it, food of all kinds. I went uh, and enjoyed Bahama Bucks last night. Uh, it's a nice, delicious, sweet treat. But Jesus is saying there's more. It's called eternal food. 
So may I suggest number three on your outline? You must go way beyond cartazzo satisfaction. You've got to pursue food that doesn't perish. This is a very difficult concept 2,000 years ago, and it is a difficult concept for us today. Your first priority is not physical food. Your first priority is not to get your physical needs met. Please remember context. Yesterday, Jesus gives this miracle of fish and bread. He feeds 5,000. The crowd then follows Jesus all the way to Capernaum. We gave you a map last week. Here's a quick map. Some of you have been to where Jesus fed the 5,000 in that neighborhood. Some of you have been to Capernaum. Friends, the main deal for this crowd is more food, more miracles. It's more physical stuff. Jesus says, no, do not work for the food which perishes. And the crowd says, no, we want to eat. Look at John 6, 28. Therefore, the crowd said to him, Jesus, what shall we do so that we may work the works of God? In other words, we just want to keep doing miracles to get filled up to our satisfaction any way we want to be satisfied. 29, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God. Come on, Roger, you believe in Jesus. Believe in him whom he has sent. Believe in him whom God has sent. Roger, doing your own miracles is not the answer. Having a big portfolio financially is not the answer. Having the nice clothes and all of the, the stuff in the refrigerator, that's not the answer. Jesus is simply saying, I'm your answer to even your basic needs, but you got to go beyond them. Friends, when the job loss comes, you're going to need more than a miracle. You just got to understand that. You need Jesus. When you're standing over the hospital bed of a loved one, you need more than a miracle. Yes, a miracle would be great, but you need Jesus. You've got to go way beyond the miracle of the physical because being full on the inside is not finally and fully satisfying. You will have problems. You cannot stop them. They're going to come at you like a storm again and again. And one day you'll wake up and say, Jesus is essential. I get it. Or you're going to keep backing up saying, I need another miracle. It is estimated in COVID-19 of all of the small businesses around where you live, 20 to 25% will close down because of COVID-19. Friends, the main answer is not more money stuffed in our economy and raising trillions and trillions in debt, although that helps. The main answer, Jesus is simply saying, is Jesus. Because the mysterious stuff happens and there's got to be a bigger, a bigger plan. I don't know if you heard about Eric Johnson. It's an interesting story I came across. Eric was asleep on March 3rd not too long ago. The dog, the family dog, Bella, six-year-old miniature Australian shepherd woke Eric up. The Bella was behaving erratically in the house and that gave Eric a sense that something just didn't feel right. So Eric turned the television on to learn that a tornado was headed toward his town of Cookville, Tennessee. Eric put his wife and their three children in a bathtub and was then looking for Bella, the dog. 
when the tornado struck their house. The home was destroyed. Eric Johnson was thrown into his backyard, suffering a head injury. His wife had broken ribs, and Bella the dog was thrown into the yard and survived, but then went missing. The family searched for weeks. A church friend and a dog tracker finally found Bella in an alley four miles from their home. Johnson and his brother-in-law and their pastor helped retrieve Bella. After 54 days of living on her own, Bella was reunited with her family. Friends, listen. There are things that are going to happen. You can't control it. And you're going to need someone smarter, more powerful for you than you to pick up the pieces. And it's going to happen. John chapter 6, 29, Jesus says this. Jesus answered and said to the crowd, This is the work of God that you pistuo, that you believe in him whom he has sent. I, I'll gently say to my wife or my grandkids or my daughters, it's not about getting mad. It's not about getting even. It's not tit for tat. You're going to have to give all of your desires to Jesus. To my neighbors, finding drugs and alcohol to mask your pain, it's temporary stuff. You're going to go after Jesus if you want something permanent. If you have a revenge problem or a controlling issue, listen, it's about Jesus if you want to solve that. Number four on your outline, watch this. Meat and bread does not give you long-term security and value. Look at verse 30. So the crowd said to Jesus, what then do you do for a sign that we may see and believe you? See, they just want more miracles, more miracles. What work do you perform? Look at verse 31. The crowd says, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. So the crowd now turns against Jesus, and they literally say, we want you to be like Moses. They literally want Jesus to give them physical bread, and he just gave it to them yesterday, and they're not satisfied. One more miracle is not going to satisfy you. It didn't satisfy them. Verse 32. Jesus said to the crowd, truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. Verse 33, for the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven, and these powerful words, and Roger, never forget, gives life, gives life to the world. Can you hear what Jesus is saying? The bread of life, the essential bread that you need is not physical stuff. It's Jesus. My question to you, my question to me, is Jesus good enough? Does he really satisfy you? Go back 2,000 years ago. Go back to Capernaum. Some of you have been there. Jesus is essential, or is he not? for your physical needs, whatever they may be. It's been exciting to take groups to Israel and have them sit there under the trees in Capernaum and recall, this is the place where these words were spoken that you're hearing and studying right now. Capernaum. John 6, 34. 
Then the crowd said to Jesus, Lord, give us this bread, bread just like Moses. Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am. By the way, circle I am. Very powerful I am statement, Yahweh, self-sufficiency, aseity. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Friends, physical bread is provided by God. Make no mistake about it. But there's a spiritual bread from God Jesus that you need constantly. This claim of deity is a statement that Jesus said, look, stick close to me. I'm God. I've got you covered. During this COVID virus, Jesus wants people to turn to him. More and more. One person said the outbreak of COVID will bring an outpouring. Many Christian believers think there's a great awakening coming to America. Faith is also contagious, one person said, so spread it. Meaning we should be positive and hope-filled as we encourage others to focus on Jesus, not COVID. Uh, one gentleman, Len, said this. There is a great attention being put on being clean physically. But what this is really about, COVID, is people getting spiritually clean. One of my uh, heroes in my lifetime is Johnny Erickson Tata. My guest says she's a hero to you. 53 years in a wheelchair. She went swimming at the age of 17 with her sister, she drove into shallow water, severed her spinal cord, can't move her legs and fingers. Since that time, 53, 53 years later, she has written many best-selling books. She's become world-renowned speaker. She paints with a brush with her mouth. She has become beloved in the Christian world. This gal has suffered in ways I can't possibly understand and probably many of you can't understand. Listen to this. She says this. In the worst of times, Christians can and should be at their best. She says, I'm a big believer that God permits what he hates to accomplish things that he loves and that being, that's my mantra for 53 years being in this wheelchair. God permits what he hates, this difficult, paralyzing injury, to accomplish something that he loves. And that is, of course, something that he loves in me. A changed heart, a closer walk with God, and that's it in a nutshell. A changed heart a closer walk with God. She says this, I think we are at our best when we remain hopeful, confident in God and his hold on the future. We will be prayerful, expectant, and positive. Jesus is trying to get this point across to the crowd. John six thirty six. but I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not pestuo, trust me. Believe, John 6, 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast them out. If you want to do an equation on 6, 37, here it is. It's belief plus Jesus 
Belief plus Jesus equals long-term security and value. Meat and bread does not give you long-term security and value. Because friends, as soon as you get filled up, you got to get filled up again on bread. We have to back up every day and recognize there are things that are not going to be controlled by us. How many of you know Richard and Marla? I choose uh, online not to mention last names. Sometimes I slip up, but I... Richard and Marla, my guess is many of you do. So Richard has been battling throat cancer. Just in your mind, take your hand and put it to your throat. Throat cancer. And Richard has gone through surgery and treatments. And now he's at home and he has a feeding tube to feed him. His feeding tube sprung a leak, Marla says. And I called the cancer center to see what to do. They determined that the feeding tube would have to be replaced, but they can't do that for another week. In the meantime, after listening to their stopgap suggestions, none of it worked. Marla says, I finally used chewing gum and tape to plug the hole. Just pray, Marla says, that Richard will be safe from the virus while he is having this feeding tube in him. I replied back, praying for you to tape, chewing gum, wow. I asked, how was Richard handling this? And my guess is you're pretty calm, Marla. How can we help? Marla responded, Richard was his usual calm self. I was feeding him, so I had Katrina, our daughter, put her thumb over the hole while I made calls to find out what to do. The hole was in this little stopper, so I tried putting saran wrap over the opening. That didn't work. The stopper back in, taped it down. That didn't work. I realized no one at the care center really knew what to do. That's when I decided to use gum and tape it down with some stretchy foam tape. Thankfully, it's still holding. Marla says, I usually remain calm during a crisis, and then when it's over, I fall apart. I, re- I replied, we're praying for both of you. May I share this leaky feeding tube story with other people? Marla replies, sure, go ahead. I got another one for you. I got my head hit. I got hit in the head with a garbage can yesterday when I was bringing it from the street and a whirlwind suddenly came up and smacked me. I wasn't hurt. Too bad. Ha. A few days later, Marla says, the hospital still has not solved the leaky food tube, but the gum and the tape is still holding. Can I suggest to you Listen, two words, behold and believe. Number five on your outline, no true hunger satisfaction, no true thirst satisfaction unless you behold and believe in Jesus. Look at with me at verse 35. Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. Is that a lie or is that the truth? He who pestuo trusts in me will never thirst. 
Verse 36, but I said to the crowd that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. Verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me, I certainly, I will certainly not cast out. If you're feeling fragile, insecure, God's not gonna abandon you. God never walks away from you. Verse 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Verse 39, this is the will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing. Now, those of you that want to talk against eternal security, you got to do something with these verses. I lose nothing. You're never lost, no matter what happens to you. Richard, you're never lost. To Lisa's dad, you're never lost. I'm always found by Jesus. Verse 40 says, here it is, watch this. For this is the will of the Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. That little word behold in the Greek is just enjoy looking at Jesus. Behold. I just enjoy looking at Jesus. I enjoy hearing about Jesus. I enjoy talking about Jesus. And I'm persuaded. I believe. Friends, there's no hunger satisfaction, no thirst satisfaction unless you behold and believe in Jesus. And you're going to come and fight this the rest of your life. You're going to redial, redial, retune every day, bringing this back in focus. One person put it this way. God cares about bread. He cares about your body. He just doesn't care about your body and the natural bread as the main thing. There's a day coming on the other side of the grave. There's going to be a resurrection someday. No more mourning, no more crying, no more tears, no more depression, no more sin. Only joy on the new earth under the new heavens forever. God cares about your body so much there is a resurrection and your body will come from the dead and you will be young forever, handsome or beautiful forever. You will enjoy God in his fullness forever. The main point on earth is not the physical. Jesus is beyond essential. We just get wrapped up on the physical. I'll close with this. Out of these verses, I'll make six applications. May I? Six bread of life, I promises. Hit that next slide. Six I am promises. Based on John chapter 6, verse 35. Here's number one. Jesus is saying to you, he's promising never to frustrate you, but only offer peace and security. The I am self-existing says he will never, ever frustrate you. Number two, Jesus is promising never to use abusive words, only words of truth and love. That's the I am. He's the counselor. He's the comforter. He's the great physician. He's working on your behalf at all times. Number three, I am promising never to lead you to substance abuse, but self-control. That's how good Jesus is.
Number four, I am promising not to create irrational fear, but clarity and courage. No irrational fear when you hook up with Jesus. Just clarity and courage. Number five, I am promising, Jesus is saying, not to cause any sin-based trauma in your life. That's what man does. That's not what Jesus does. And number six, I am promising to be your daily bread. But you got to chew on me. You got to embrace me. You got to remember me. You got to talk to me. You got to believe. You got to behold. You got to look. You got to confess. You got to stay close to me. The bread of life cares about our physical needs, friends, but the natural bread is not the main thing. There's a resurrection someday, no more mourning, no more crying, no more tears, and all this physical stuff that captures us will all fade away. There's going to be a resurrection of the body from the dead and it's going to make you young and beautiful and handsome forever. You're going to have no hunger, no thirst anymore. But you've got to raise your eyes to a dream, a vision, a promise that God gives. Bow your heads, please. God, I confess, sometimes I, I don't get it. Sometimes I ignore it. But I admit Jesus is essential. Not to be replaced with anything. Teach me to behold and to believe it's not about the bread. It's about Jesus. I ask that for every one of us as we live our lives, that we would be like Johnny Tata Erickson, that we would literally have this joy, even though life is tough. Yeah, we can cry, and we can at times feel insecure, but we run to you. And you will use us in ways that we can't possibly understand. God, I pray and say thanks for every person on the worship team today, every person in tech crew, all of us working together to lift up Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.